Louie. Hey, Gavin, you little sugar to my heart. Oh, hello. I've been missing you like candy, honey. <laughs> we were very nervous coming into this episode because we did not know what kind of world we would be living in. Yes, exactly. And actually, the, I was thinking about that. I was like, in a way, this episode's the perfect bomb. Bomb. Yes. B-A-L-M, not B-O-M-B. It's the bomb. <laughs> it's the, this episode's the bomb in Phantoms. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> I think this episode's the perfect balm for that because if we were coming into a world in which, well, first of all, we would have taken an extra week, but if we yeah, were truly. coming into a world that was still the world that we left a week ago or two weeks ago, um, this subject would be light and an airy and kind of kind of yes. nice and and chill. And now that we're in a happier place, that can still be we get to light celebrate and, yeah, exactly. We get to celebrate, honey. This is, I've got a crush on Joe Biden, okay? (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject, such as an actor, director, or a mini-genre, and we take two weeks, we watch all the things we can, we take in all the information, and then we spit it all back out at you like your baby birds, and we Mm -hmm. tell you what's good, and then we keep all the bad stuff, and we don't let you eat it. Open up, honeys. We've got Mm -hmm. something to to share with you. Um... (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're crystal method right now (laughs) oh my god i literally sidebar watched the madonna rusical earlier i was just like crystal method gift gift to us all truly a gift of the pandemic crystal method um also gavin i'm wearing you know our last episode we talked about ghosts um and gavin surprised me with a wonderful t-shirt um, that says honorary spooky bitch. It only took me four episodes um, <laughs> to get this. T- four this- full years. Mm-hmm. To get this um, uh, title, if you will. Um, I've earned it. I've worked hard. Okay. The votes are in. Pennsylvania has flipped. I'm a spooky <laughs> bitch. Nevada was just waiting to hear from Pennsylvania first. Yes. To let yes. people know Louis is a spooky bitch. I... I want you to know, I I did it, first of all, I came up with the concept, and I was like, oh, that would make a good t-shirt, and I was like, this is, like, Louis deserves this, I've put him through hell (laughs) for four years, and so I sent it, but the company I got it from, it's uh, less expensive if you buy in bulk, but you can only do one design at a time, and so I was like, oh, well, I would like one for myself, too, Mm -hmm. that's larger, and and then i bought two more which means we have two to give away and we have are they not, do they do they say honorary spooky bitch they do they do okay oh that yeah honestly they're when i opened them up or i opened up the package i was like what could it be and i i literally was like gagarini jaw to the floor <laughs> i was just like it has our little logo on it, it has our stars um it's in our font it's very cute um, but so we have two shirts. Absolutely, we have an an XL and a large, both of which are, I believe, gender neutral. So they'll probably be large on you, regardless. Whoever gets them. But I think the best way to do this would be to email us at reviewsmixed at gmail dot com, and we'll leave the contest open until our next episode. So that means you have about two weeks in order to. Uh, here, let me set a date on that, just so I'm being fair. <laughs> uh, so you, ha- so you'll have about two weeks. You'll have until the 25th of November 
to email us once again at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you want one and what your preferred size is, large or XL. And then we will take uh, the larges and then the XLs and we'll put them in a random number generator. And whoever wins, we will. I will mail it to you. I will let you know through email and I will send you out a shirt. Yeah, we'll have a little contest, and we'll have a little, and you'll have like the perfect little uh, Christmas gift um, from <laughs> us to you. Um, Absolutely, and and there really be a Hanukkah human... gift. Okay, it could Let's it could just... be a Hanukkah gift. Yeah, um, but I'll post um, the shirt on our Instagram, um, and so you can see what it looks like. It's very fun and cute. It has our little logo, our little faces. It's thebomb.com. I'm wearing it right now. Um, do we have any other old business? Unfortunately, because of the world we're living in, yeah, and because I am a big dum dum, um, I did we not had put a little a, too much fun on Halloween. Between Halloween and the election, I'm also in the process of moving right now. That's true. Uh, um, He's on a treadmill did, this very moment. Yeah, I am walking down Brooklyn Ave with boxes, um, and uh, so I did not put up a poll. So I did not get to um, ask you guys what your favorite ghost movie is. Um, but I definitely did get to talk to a couple friends about how we didn't mention, um, Phantom of the Megaplex enough, um, and Ca- Casper, obviously, um, but I- I think we really... mentioned Casper enough. <laughs> ah, <damn it. sighs> wow. Drag. Jennifer um, Lopez, enough. Thank you. Enough. Um, but I, I think the shirt speaks, um- plenty for how much i have actually enjoyed and i think you gavin have seen and i think our listeners have seen um the surprise that i um express when i i'm like oh i didn't hate that i didn't hate that episode um and just and i think that shows the strength of like the genre of like horror and um spooky things because like even in, in like in the ghost episode, I was like, oh my god, this fucking movie made me cry. Like it yeah. wasn't like just all scary. It's like and there, like there's layers. And the unfortunate thing is, is there's I mean, when we do an episode like that, when we do a mini genre, obviously we're never gonna be able to hit every single point on the map. And so you can kind of use those episodes almost as like a 101 or a 201 class. Yes. Uh, that somewhat elevated and can give you ideas because there's so many things that I still I listened back to it and I was like, oh, I didn't mention Atlantics, which came out last year. His house, which came out shortly after we did our episode, it's new on Netflix. Uh, there's an amazing Italian film from about a decade ago called The Strange Case of Angelica, directed by a 101 year old man casual so fucking good yeah so like there there when it comes to ghosts there is a, a an other world if you will Ooh, of choice nice yeah. nice so if, if we've got our shirts we talked a little bit about ghosts in our last episode but i think um we're now good to talk about this episode oh um, we are so baby talk to me no give it to me we're talking about <laughs> mandy Moore, everyone um i i love i stand you know there is no greater um, woman that I know. Um, I I can definitely say without hesitation that you all know this was my pick, right? I, yeah, right. I'm the one. Gavin I'm was the like, one. please, Louis, yeah. please. And I was like, oh my God, you wanted Jennifer Garner, you wanted yeah. um, J-Lo, and now Mandy? <laughs> I'm just hitting the Holy Trinity. That's what I'll, That's all I want. The, the Jennifer know. Garner, J-Lo, Mandy Moore, Holy Trinity. Everybody knows yeah, that. Absolutely. It's um, the mother, the daughter, the Holy Spirit. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's the plot of because I said so. 
<laughs> and also Piper Paraboo's there. Yeah, always. She's always in the corner lurking. Um, yeah, but we chose Mandy Moore because, like we said, we wanted something easy and light after, you know, it feels like where we are, in our, we're, we're in a turning point. We're in an inflection point and it feels good and we want it to feel good and light and free. And um, I don't know that there's anyone better than Mandy Moore just to kind of like be a nice um, palate cleanse. And honestly, after the week we've had, especially learning, you know, things are going our way. It's important to have Mandy Moore teach us how to deal. Yeah. Okay. Well. I learned. We all learned. I, we learned. We learned this week. Um, we are sorry. These are all jokes. This is all. This is what's going to happen tonight. Yeah, I mean, she I was gave us say, a walk like, to remember, and 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 we are now saved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shut it down. Shut it down. So, Mandy Moore, like Gavin, what do you, you obviously? I think. Um, well, how did you learn about Mandy Moore? How do we? How do we well, connect I, with her? I think I learned about Mandy Moore the same way that any red-blood American male learned about her, which is her singing career. Yeah. And, I, you know, it shocked me going into this episode. I was I was like, oh, she's clearly like a Disney Channel child and whatnot. She's not. She's, she's not. She's absolutely not. Uh, she was a singer first. She did a couple commercials as a kid and whatnot. But it's really that album, So Real, that launched her onto the map. She was 15 at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, like... I don't know. I guess I, I guess she's sort of weirdly always been part of the pop culture zeitgeist since I was a teen. Uh, and and but I will say maybe more than any subject we've done in the past, I had not seen many of the films in her ouvoir. And wow. uh, I'm curious because I imagine you have like, wh- yeah. what is it about Manny Moore that that works for you so well? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this. It was probably when I was watching Christmas at the Conways or something when I was like I feel like Mandy Moore is driving in the same lane as Rachel McAdams where it's like um really uh, disarmingly beautiful and yet approachable girl next door type brand um warm um but also both like capable of being very funny and playing like against type um but I I was thinking like oh I can definitely see you know Rachel McAdams in any of Mandy's movies and Mandy and any of hers, but I think it's that um, they're bo- like they both don't take themselves seriously. They are both willing to like take the piss out. Um, and I think you know when you s- her more successful movies, it's like she's willing. She's just down for whatever. You know, it's I'm like she's not does not care if she looks silly or stupid. Um, you get the sense that she always, and I think we'll get into it more. She always knew, even when she was a singer, she was like. I was fourth place girl the entire time. And I think even now in her acting career, she kind of like, she seems grounded in reality. Yeah. I mean, she's, it's, it's certainly not been, she, 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 I feel like she hasn't always had it so easy, especially of recent, you know, I think she's definitely seen as one type and one certain thing. Um, And it'll be interesting to see where her career goes because she is still very young, but yeah. I feel like in Hollywood's eyes, I mean, especially if you you consider what she's doing now, This Is Us, where she plays both someone in their 30s and someone in their 60s, which I was not aware of until this episode. <laughs> um, and I think 
we're going to start seeing her as moms and I don't want that yet. But yeah. we'll get in, we'll get into that in our fast forward. Before we get to that though, we should maybe dive into our rewind. So why don't we take a trip back and find out what the deal is with Mandy Moore? Amanda Lee Moore, uh, also known as Mandy Moore. Not Amanda Lepore. Not Amanda Lepore. She was actually born in New Hampshire, um, but she grew up in the Orlando area. Her mother was a news reporter and their dad was a pilot for American Airlines. Um, she always was the razzmatazz, singing, dancing, acting little girl. She tells a story about how she would see in newspapers, like the Orlando Sentinel would have, like, in the classified ads, look it up, Gen Z. Um, they would have little things that said, you know, are you a singer? Do you want to sing? Um, you know, they're looking for people to uh, sing at local, like, uh, baseball, football, just like sports games. And, and it wasn't like, you know, huge things. It was just like local stuff, like minor league baseball, um, some hockey, things like that. And so she... Um, recorded herself singing and um, her mom delivered um, this tape of her along with some home-baked cookies because she is a stage mom exactly. who knows how to get it done in the suburbs. She, huh? she is a momager. Hello. Extraordinary. Um, yeah. And so she started performing the national anthem at events in Orlando. Uh, I found a cute little video of her with her cute little like black and white dress and her little bowl cut just being <laughs> super fashionable as a 10 year old singing the national anthem well now i look back and i'm like i had the worst bowl haircut anyone in the history of this planet has ever had it's the worst haircut ever yeah and and she said like she would go to these events and see other tiny children singing and she was like oh i want to do that you know and i think like it's for any performer who is you know just wants to be out there and, and is and when you're a kid and a tween there's this like no shame you just like put yourself out there and i mean and she's even said she's like god the national anthem is so hard to sing oh, right now the, i mean just sidebar national anthem's unsingable like right. it's it li- li- you either you're whitney houston or you're fucking roseanne Barr. like that's it that's the sliding scale for, and below Roseanne is Fergie. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, boy. Flashbacks. Um, but so, yeah, Mandy, at 12 years old, she went to Stage Door Manor, which is like a very famous uh, performing arts camp, um, which was like fictionalized in the movie Camp. Um, but it's basically like, you know, Natalie Portman went there. It's the sing and dance school. <laughs> sing and that dance. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's where... Um, Jenna from 30 Rock went, you know, like it's very that. Um, I mean, she was known to be like quiet. She wasn't, you know, and I think that's kind of it's funny when you think about and we'll get we're getting there, really, because her singing career takes off when she's 15. Um, in comparison to Brittany and Christina, those two girls, you know, right. have that like natural front and center spotlight like attraction you know heat seeking missile of a career and um, um an attitude whereas mandy never i mean even i, I don't think pe- the stands are going to come after me for saying that she never had that same caliber right of um i don't want to say star power but like attention is, needing yeah i was gonna say there is something that that keeps you at a distance and it is funny because you did mention fourth place 
And I think it's interesting to think about the fact that it wasn't just Brittany and Christina, but it was also Jessica Simpson. Yeah. And now, like, thinking back, I can't imagine Jessica Simpson's being a star of Manny Moore's caliber. But you're right. There there was a distance. And I do think part of it is, uh, and I don't know if we meant to jump right into her singing career. We'll probably get to how it began in just a moment. But I think the distance is she was also younger than yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, she was so much younger. And admittedly, yeah, like Christina Brittany started in Mickey Mouse Club and everything, but their singing career really didn't take off until they were like 17, 18. You know, that's when the big hits started happening. Candy, uh, you know, that song, that single comes out when she's 15. Yeah, and you can see how young she is. I mean, if you look up the video... Um, which is iconic, Green Bug, we love. Oh my god! But yeah. she is so tiny, and and she's even said she's like, I didn't have my driver's license, so they had to like pull the car around because I couldn't <laughs> drive. Um, but yeah, the the so she is um singing, you know, national anthem around Orlando, um, and the, she gets the attention of some uh these like two guys who want um. It's a kind of a complicated story because it's like them, they want to record a demo. And then like while she's recording the demo, a FedEx guy overhears her and his friend is like an A&R guy. I was singing for the an ice hockey team in Orlando, Florida. And uh, these two gentlemen were like, we're songwriters and we have a bunch of original music. And if you want to pay for the studio time, you can have these original songs. And I remember I was in the studio for like three or four days and unbeknownst to me a guy who worked for fedex was like i like that girl's voice i have a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who's the head of urban anr at epic records i'm going to send him this demo tape and he did i went out to la i made the candy music video and the next morning i flew all the way to virginia beach and i started my first day opening for nsync basically epic is like okay great we have cute little blonde girl she will be our version of of uh, Brittany and Christina and she says she was like you know they gave they knew exactly everything what they wanted I didn't have any you know decision making or power in that right but she also she today she's kind of like you know but at the time I was just so grateful for any opportunity she doesn't you know there was a time when I think she was really embarrassed about the music she was making um now she kind of says, you know what, that little girl is still inside of me. And without her, I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, and so she, you know, the the song Candy blows up. But what's wild is this, the song blows up, but like not as large as I think we think it did. It peaks at 41 yeah, on which the is, Billboard charts. I would have, I could have given anything to be, to be like, oh, that was a number one single. Yeah. Or at least like a top 10 single. Yeah. But no, it was... She like I remember became, TRL, like I remember right. playing TRL, right? And so it was more successful on TRL than on the actual Billboard charts, even <laughs> though it sold nine hundred fifty thousand copies. Um, you know, so she gets signed and she's doing the, the video. She's um, going on tour with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, opening for them. Um, the record label kind of realizes though that she's not really a dancer. She can't <laughs> do like they're like, okay, maybe we will won't do that um but it's funny because her and she says she's like i was really lucky my trajectory was so different than britney and christina's because 
because I wasn't as successful, I was kind of successful enough, but because I wasn't like, you know, shooting off into the stratosphere like they were, it gave me a little more leeway to do more things. Like you said, she had done some commercials, so she was a little bit, and, and also when she was younger, she obviously had gone to these this theater camp and stuff, so that was always an interest to her. Her second album, I Want to Be With You, oh, all these songs are so nostalgic. So her first album didn't really come out in Europe. I Want to Be With You contained... A bunch of remixes of the of the songs from the first album and so it it fair it actually ended up faring better in europe because there were all these songs that the europeans had not heard before and the right. american critics were like um babe the this fuck is, is this? this yeah this is the same fucking album thank yeah. you yeah um so it's not until like the like 2000 2001 2002 um it's the early millennium and she is kind of you know Obviously, the career is not panning out music-wise like Britney and Christina. And she's kind of telling her record people, like, listen, I, I'm i not 15 anymore and I can have I, I have opinions now and I want to, you know, be more in control of my career. Um, and they kind of also see, like, oh, she's just not – she's never going to be Britney. She's never right. going to be Christina. But, I mean, they're 18, 19, and 20. Yeah, and okay. That, I mean, but – Okay. Honestly, it may not seem like a big difference, but I mean, right. between 16 and 20. That's a that's, big difference. Well, it's me. a lot of maturing yeah. and growing up, especially during those years. Right. So She does a little bit of voice work in Dr. Drew Little 2, um, but it's not until 2001 with uh, The Princess Diaries that she makes her debut on screen. Um, I just watched this again last night. It's still <laughs> so cute. We talked about this in our Anne episode. Anne Hathaway is genius. She really um, is. And she's very fun. And like, it's one of those when you when you watch that movie, not not to get off on Anne Hathaway, because we have an entire episode. But it is one of those movies where you watch, you're like, oh, she's a fucking star. Right. And what's funny about Mandy in this, she says she's like, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) She was like, I fully, you know, because of her music career, she was able to take meetings. She was able to go on auditions. Um, And her manager at the time, he was like what do you mean you want to do acting? And she was like, no, yeah, I've always loved acting and I, I want to explore this side of my career. And he was like, I, I've never managed an actor. And she was like, well, don't worry. I've never been in movies. So like, we'll go along <laughs> with this together. Um, and so she plays, and it's funny because the first character she plays, she plays Lana, um, who is like the bitch. She um, is, but she has her own singing group. The Are they the Lonettes? Is that the... Is that the La- name of them? I think I just it's, know it's I Lana. think because they because they like the guy introduces them when she sings her oh, cover of Connie right. Francis's "Stupid Cupid." Stupid Cupid, yeah. Well, here to tell us all about it, please welcome Lana and the Lynettes. Lana, Anna, Anna and Fontana. Stupid Cupid, you're a real mean guy. And this is like the type of character that I think we're going to see kind of come up through her career a little bit, you know, playing not the sweet girl, playing the um, sociopath. Um, (laughs) But I mean, obviously, the movie is a huge hit and people are like, oh, it's Mandy Moore. And like we said, she does sing in the film. So I think Disney kind of like knew what they were doing to kind of maximize uh, the Mandy Moore of it all in the film. Um. 
it's really this, like after that, uh, and in 2002, when she makes A Walk to Remember, that she kicks it into overdrive in acting world because she's not, um, the, the, the music career has kind of really stalled out and all the music she is making is in um, support of films. And so like in A Walk to Remember, she is famously, like there's at least three singles that she sings. Yeah. Um, there's a whole movie. musical number in the movie. Yeah. With um, the worst editing I've ever seen. What do you remember about A Walk to Remember? Uh, well, I didn't. Ha- I don't have to remember far because A Walk to Remember was not part of my life until That's last week. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, I have... Um, do I want to say this on the podcast? Will this get me banned? Um, Shadow banned. I have, up until A Walk to Remember never seen a nicholas sparks movie wait, oh that's wait that's oh. not true because i did watch knights and rodanthe oh the, yeah well, that's yeah. a nicholas sparks that is oh so yeah look at me and i watched that for viola davis and it was my oh, one star review so <laughs> so so you're a huge fan of nicholas's big, work big fan but uh yeah so i'd never seen it before um i watched it um i have to say it's really bad <laughs> I really wait, didn't like did it. Did you like? But like, you've heard of the movie before, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I knew, I knew the basic storyline was Shane West plays a bad kid who falls in love with the Jesus-loving girl who's dying of cancer. Yes. Um. Yeah, and that's really the 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 basic layout that I had known. Um, I didn't, you know, I did a bunch of research on the m- movie and. I found out the book set in the fifties and honestly, that makes so much more sense to me. Right. right. Because it really, it's the weirdest thing. Um, good, some good music in it though, but like, I don't know. Switchfoot. A lot of switchfoot. Yeah. Oh, well that's, that's the bad part, but there's some, there's some good stuff or like, I'm trying to remember there's, I think there's like a Beck song at one point. I was like, who greenlit this? (laughs) But, um, was directed the, by Adam Shankman. Adam Shankman, um, enemy of the pod. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hairspray, uh, hello. Hairspray. Which you hate. Um, but I just didn't like his direction in Hairspray. That's all. That's all. Okay. Um, okay. But I do agree with him, and I don't think I don't think Mandy's bad in it. Um, I think Shane West is maybe not the greatest in it, but I agree with Adam Shankman when he says that they cast Mandy more. Because she looks like a literal angel. She looks mm-hmm. like an angel come down to earth. And in that movie, 100%. Her face is so cherubic. And I don't mean to say that she's heavy by any means. But she has this sort of naturally round face. And she yep. has this apparent glow about her through the entire film. And it doesn't look like a trick or a lighting thing. I was just like, she's just emanating light yeah Yeah. i mean it's i think it's uh telling you know this is her first leading role and she decides i'm gonna be brunette Mm -hmm. um i posted a uh, article to our facebook just today earlier about how kind of um groundbreaking that was like the new york times was writing about how this girl uh, this pop star was going brunette um before you know in a time when all of these pop stars are blonde and what that meant and how it kind of signaled that Mandy Moore was taking control of her career because 
what's the quote? He said, if you, like, you know, people are, are always going to compare you to these other girls anyway. Why not just make yourself stand out even more? And, and how smart that was for her. And, and kind of what you're saying, she is, um, you know, emanating this light. She's grounded. She's this angel. Um, I will say, so I watched this movie in seventh grade for a field trip. I don't know why. Um, I have to say that Nicholas Sparks is a bad person. Um, and no one should support him in his movies. But this movie has a soft spot for me. I mean, I remember watching this as a seventh grader. And when she, there's a moment in the movie where she um, makes a joke to to Shane West. And it's about her dying. And he's like, don't, like, don't do that, please. Like, and I kind of like, I remember at the time, my very fragile seventh grade heart just like breaking into a million pieces. <laughs> um, watching it back now... It is shaky quakey for sure. I do not know what Daryl Hannah is doing in this movie. But I think like this movie deployed Mandy Moore perfectly. The songs are all bangers. Like everyone knows um, Only Hope and... um, Does everyone? Everyone knows Only Hope, Kevin. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) There's so many stupid, funny, iconic things in this movie where it's like, promise me you won't fall in love with me. Yeah. And And then when he's like... I might kiss you. And then what did she say? She says, I might be bad at it. It's, <laughs> it's just like, it's so sincere and so earnest. It is quintessentially Mandy. Are you scared? To death. Lighten up. It's not funny. I'm scared of not being with you. Maybe that'll never happen. But I will say, if as far as the plot goes, I I mean some some of the dialogue, as you mentioned, I mean the the thing with the like never witnessing a miracle. Oh, the miracle was you. Like, oh my god. But also like his redemption. He's no he. It's he, and this is not a spoiler because it happens at the very beginning. He cripples a kid, yeah. and then you're supposed to be like, well, is he crippled? I mean the the implication is that. I, or at least the implication I got since I just watched for the first time. I don't was think that he's crippled. He, oh, okay. They, 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 they say like he got hurt, but like he, it wasn't serious because like no one charges him with anything. They're like, that's well, that's the other thing is I was like, <laughs> why is he not like, why is his punishment tutoring? <laughs> oh my God. Thank, thank you so much, Kevin, for bringing this up because not only is his punishment tutoring, his punishment, his punishment is to be the lead in the school play. Yes. And all I could think of was like, there is a poor theater gay out there who was like, um, hello, excuse me. Uh, this is the, not a punishment. The guy that, <laughs> the guy that wrote it in the movie. I also love, first of all, that there's a full fledged musical written both, both the book and the lyrics <laughs> and yes. the score are, are written by children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the one that wrote it, I was like, that kid is so mad that Shane yeah. West is playing the lead. Yeah, he's like, um, cool, I guess your punishment is playing, like, being in my fucking original play and <laughs> musical. Hmm. So fun. Um, also, the whole, uh, uh, the stars, and, like, I mean, it's so cheesy he built, corny. He built her a telescope, okay? He sure <laughs> did. He sure did. And I was thinking also now, like... I mean, that movie is the reason why now, for generations of people, buying someone a fucking star or naming them after a star or whatever is, like, romantic. And I'm like, 
I thought you were going to say that movie raised a generation of astronomers. (laughs) (laughs) That movie is the reason. (laughs) Stem, say thank you to Mandy Moore and a walk to remember. remember. (laughs) You're my only hope. Oh, you're right. You're right. Brilliant film. I've changed my mind. Thank you. Thank you. Um, don't support Nicholas Sparks. He's bad. <laughs> yeah, he's real bad. Does it, doesn't he like, I mean, not to, um, I, I don't want to get ch- brought into court by anybody. <laughs> so I'm going to say, allegedly, doesn't he like donate to or remove funding from schools that support LGBT yeah, like, he hates gays. He's yeah, very conservative. Fun, fun. And allegedly, we're saying allegedly, but I mean, look it up. But, it's, but yeah. probably, yeah. Um, also, this year she comes out uh, the movie All I Want or um, Try Seventeen comes out. Yes, um, I, I believe the the version that I watched was called Try Seventeen in the title. Yeah, the version I watched also was that. Um, also, funny story. I think this movie I found at a blockbuster when I was in college. And it was like in a dollar bin, and I grabbed it because I was like, "Mandy, Elijah, love." <laughs> the movie is so bad, and what makes me it, so so annoyed is that like I read an MTV article talking to Elijah and Mandy Moore, and Mandy was like, "Yeah, Elijah like brought two hundred CDs to set, and like we were all listening to them, and um, his music tastes are so like eclectic and like way over my head." And Elijah fucking Wood says, "Yeah, I mean." I don't really like like her style of music and the stuff that she's into. And he just comes off like as a real asshole. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. Like, yeah, she's charting. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why don't you go make North too? Okay. Uh, but <laughs> Crawl back into your hobbit. <laughs> I, w- I was just going to say the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s are littered with uh, by the way, it's so gross we're doing somebody that has only been acting since the turn of the century. But we also did that for Chris Hemsworth. So you know what? That's on it's us. It's fine. It's uh, fine. But early 2000s, late 90s are just littered with movies about incredibly toxic men. To- and you, so toxic. And 100% this, char- this character Elijah Wood plays in this movie is the most toxic. And the movie thinks it's hilarious. And you're expected to to empathize with them and be like, their behavior is good because they are men and they're the lead right. character in the film. And yeah. I, I, the way that he treated his mother, and I get it was funny because she's a funny drunk. She always has a martini in her hand. I was just like, no, bitch, slap your child. Slap yeah, truly. <laughs> He's a grown man. Slap him across the face. Try 17. Try not being an asshole, okay? Yeah. She kind of like is on this, like, it, so... After all, I want she does how to deal, which is kind of like the same vein. Like it's very, you know, cynical teen. Yeah, very. It's, a, it's the like slightly edgier, uh, uh, you know, um, or at least I found it to be like really trying for that that edge. Right. Um, I think Mandy Moore was clearly on a mission to prove herself to be different and yeah. show like this different side of herself and so that's why you see her she's a brunette her hair's cut really short right um all all of those were decisions she made and the 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 studio got mad and made her wear uh essentially like a weave-in piece for the early part of the film and work the haircut into the movie because she was like no i i thought this character would have short brown hair um and what's funny is she's said you know that she 
in like during this time, she's in this like kind of battle with her um her record label about like, you know, she had a five um record contract with them and she her first two are literally the same album. Um the third one, she's trying to like move a little bit away uh from pop and doing a little more Michelle Branchy type stuff. Um and then her fourth one, she convinces them to let her do a full album of covers, which I fucking love. That's my favorite Mandy Moore album. Um, she Coverage, literally co- right? Yeah, yeah. She covers like Cat Stevens and like just a bunch well, of like seventies rock and roll people. It's amazing. I, I I think the the like style point of that album too, like the the selling point for her was she was only covering songs written before she was born. Right. Which I also think is is rather uh, commendable, and I I was not expecting. There's an XTC cover on it, and it's yeah. actually not terrible. I was I like, rem- oh, this is fun. I got that album for Christmas um, when when it came out, and I would just sit in my room, play my little GameCube, and listen to the Mandy Moore coverage album. That was who I was. You're the cutest. <laughs> In 2002, that's where I was. Yeah. Um, you were what, 23 at that point? A, a solid 23 years old, <laughs> and I'm now 24. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, All I Want comes and goes, thank God. How to Deal comes and goes. Um, though I will say, How to Deal featuring an Allison Janney. Yes. Hello. Uh, how to deal like I, ju- I just want to I do want to pause and, and talk just briefly about it because it's also a film I had not seen, though I have been making the joke. I'm going to Mandy Moore teach you how to deal since okay. I was in college. Good. Uh, but I I knew a girl and I don't want to name names. Uh, I, I was like kind of friendly with her, but not super friends. So if you think I'm talking about you, I'm probably not. But the I was like friends with a girl who kind of patterned herself after Mandy Moore in that movie. And Live. I just remember her so distinctly in college and like, it was her favorite film. And she, and now that what? I've, and now that I've seen it, I was like, Oh, I totally get it. But also, also a movie that is just littered with the worst dialogue. She gets in a car accident at one point and the voiceover literally says, some people fall in love. I had to crash into it. It's, based off of two books yes um and i remember when i rewatched this i was like i think i've read one or both of those books um (laughs) and so the story is literally like one girl gets pregnant after her boyfriend dies um a 16 she's pregnant from that book yeah and then um the other story is like disaffected cynical teen who hates love because her parents are getting divorced um mandy moore plays the cynical teen Right. Even though when I'm watching the movie, you're like, oh, I want to follow the other girl. The other girl is more interesting. Like, I, she's... Sh- I should have did more research. I didn't realize that the two books were disparate plots. I yes. assumed, oh, wow. I assumed yeah. that the, both books were about the Mandy Moore character no, and the no, side no. character was just another side character. Holy shit. No, wow. yeah, there, I was like, there's an entire story about this girl who is in high school and her boyfriend who impregnated her just died. And the scene where he dies is ridiculous. He's like, just scores a soccer goal, holds his side and has a heart defect thing. His heart stops. Yeah. uh, That's I, I clutch my side when my heart stops too. Like 
I don't know. I agree then. Yeah, because that is the more interesting story because Ma- the Mandy Moore story is just that like she hates her dad because he's divorced from her mom and she hates her mom because she's all up in her biz and she like doesn't want to have sex, but she wants to have sex. And that's it. That's, that's the it. story, folks. Yeah. I, I did like, not learn how to deal from no. any of that. <laughs> and the love interest, so forgettable, so bad. Don't yeah. like it. There, um, she that's the other thing that her films kind of suffer from i will say is there's a lot of forgettable love interests that are yeah you know mediocre men yeah um in 2004 we have two other um entries you know she's really pumping these out um first comes chasing liberty which uh i think is kind of cute i think um is, uh, is one of the better entries in her early work yeah um I think Matthew Good is not forgettable. I think he is <laughs> so hot, so fun. I 100% agree with you. Uh, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, though. But Matthew Good is also, I, he's too handsome to exist. And so mm. I feel I feel like he constantly looks like he's murdered somebody. And then he's going to tell you about it. So then he has to kill you, too. So I'm always a little terrified of Matthew Good. Honestly, Gavin, that's hot. I know. <laughs> You're like, I'm fine. into it. I would let him murder me. <laughs> um, in, in more senses than one. <laughs> hello. Um, he also is like the epitome of a twink in this movie. Like just yes. the skinniest person I've ever seen. I'm like, I, holy I, shit. I too love that he's like a secret British American secret service agent. Yeah. I, I mean, I forgot that there's like the double twist of like him being... Yeah. A secret agent it's, man. It's revealed pretty early, so I don't feel I don't feel bad. Like no. I'm not spoiling it for anybody. He like it's literally like to tw- like 10, 15 minutes in, he's like, Yeah, I'm secret service. I also she think, doesn't like, find out till towards the very end, but Right. I also think that the the movie though, like, has some pretty good like sexual politics. Like this is like a regular teenage girl who just wants to like get to third base, you know, like, and I, and I do think her chemistry with him is actually very good too. Do I think it's sort of slightly irresponsible of somebody whose job it is to protect her, to be like backing on her, especially since he's clearly an adult and she's a child. Yes. <laughs> well, they do say she makes it clear to say that I'm turning 18 tomorrow. Yes. Mom. They, they actually, not only do they make it clear, they say it multiple times in the movie, <laughs> which I, th- I was like, well, I guess they're covering their bases. Yeah. They're really covering their bases. Um, the, the most uh, interesting thing about that film is it comes out the same year as the Katie Holmes film, First Daughter, yes. which we talked about in our Michael Keaton episode because Michael Keaton plays the president. And I will say uh, this movie came out first. And funny enough, this movie was actually called First Daughter first. And like the concession that they made with the Katie Holmes movie was that they let them have the name First Daughter, but then they like beat them to coming out. I will say this is the better film. This is the better of the two. It's more interesting. The characters are more fleshed out. Uh, Mandy Moore's first daughter feels like she has an interior life. Katie Holmes's daughter did not. So yeah, I yeah I I like Chasing Liberty. She holds up. She's a good like you know freeform movie. It's funny too because it's very clearly inspired by things like Roman Holiday with Mm, Audrey mm -hmm. Hepburn and so it's got a a throwback quality to it plus she's in the opera she names drop she name drops Offenbach in it I was very happy yeah it's it's a cute little romp across Europe with um cute men and uh yeah bungee jumping yes lots of bungee jumping okay well if you didn't like girls you could have just said something to me hey listen I like girls 
okay. So you're just not attracted to this one? No, 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 that's okay because this whole time I thought I was alone because I never had any opportunities, because I never had any privacy, but thank you. Thank you so much for proving me wrong. I needed Anna, that. Anna, believe me, this is not about you. Romance is simply not a feasible option for me right now. Oh, my God, kill me now. I can't even attract some guy who says stupid things like romance is not a feasible option. Later in 2004, um, after Anne Hathaway drops out of the role, she snatches up a little role in a movie we like to call Saved. Holy, 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 God almighty. <laughs> um... I'm a Christian. <laughs> a movie for which she covers the Beach Boys, God Only Knows, twice. It plays yeah. over the beginning, and it plays over the end with Michael Stipe. Yeah, producer of the film. Yeah. Um, Saved is iconic, classic, amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like it's worth mentioning that I so like maybe last episode, two episodes ago, I we read a comment from one of my friends from high school, Alex. She's probably watching right now. Watching, lol, listening. Um, I feel like my DVD of Saved, which I watched all the time with the commentary, both versions of the commentary, there was a director and the Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore commentary, correct. Um, I feel like I lent it to Alex in high school and I never saw it again. So Alex, girl, I'm not saying you have it, but you might. And Louis is just hoping that perhaps you saved it for him. <laughs> Um, I have a feeling we'll talk about Saved more later. So in the later, uh, you know, aughts, she um, does Racing Stripes where she's doing her voice work. I think it's, it's this is a good time, I guess, to talk about voice work. She started her acting career doing voice work. Yes. Um, in Dr. Doolittle 2. And, you know, she's here again doing it in Racing Stripes. Um, obviously, we're going to get to it later where she uh, most famously is known for um, Rapunzel and Tangled. Um, but she's done a lot of cartoons uh, in between since then. She has said that she really likes doing voice work. It's, you know, she said she likes being in the booth, just reading. Um, and I feel like there was a while where I was like, oh, where did Mandy go? But she, she's been doing voice work. Um, and I, I think her voice is also very expressive. I mean, she obviously has a musical voice. Uh, so I think it's a very perfect um, calling for her. She also um, is dipping her toes into TV. Um, she was in a couple episodes of Scrubs. Uh, she was she did voice work on The Simpsons. Um, later, we'll see her in Grey's Anatomy. Heartbreaking. Heart-shattering. <laughs> um, she kind of continues her, like, satire roles um, post-saved uh, with American Dreams. Yes. Um, which I want to talk about. <laughs> I watched this, I for sure remember when I was in undergrad, and then I just rewatched it for this, and it works a lot more now. Interesting, interesting. See, I, I did think... not revisit it because I did not feel a strong impact from it either way. So I was just like, we have a limited time. I've I think keep I think American to... Dreams works better now because we are far removed from the war in Iraq yeah. and 9-11 of it all. Um, I think it's also, we're also kind of removed from American Idol. Like, American Idol culture does not, like, really right. dominate the way it used to be. Um, but I also love that this this movie specifically, to me, highlights Mandy's really down-for-whatever spirit. She fully makes a joke in the movie about um, white trash, being white trash and not being Britney Spears. And just, like, this is 2006. Like, 
Right. I can, I can just imagine her like in that time having to say it also like she's talked about the game of Hollywood and, and, and she's been in so many different aspects of celebrity. And so for her to kind of like take this role and she's playing a sociopath in this movie who will do anything to become a star, um, you know, is manipulating everyone at every turn to win this contest. And I, I just thought, man, she's fucking brave for taking on this role. (laughs) I'm just singing for the love of singing. As long as I get to get on that stage and perform in front of that incredible audience, I'm happy. Not bad. Not bad. (laughs) Now, of course, on the inside, you do need to want it really badly. Mr. Kogel, I'd rather jab my eyes out with toothpicks and eat them than lose this thing. Okay, awesome. Um, There's sort of this Hollywood thing. The camera puts on 10 pounds, so you're going to want to lose 20. Screw you. I control my weight swings, no one else. Having a little extra me, taking it off, packing it on can really make people root for you. Hasn't hurt Oprah. Watching the movie now is kind of like astounding. There's there's a gay cousin that it's it, it's very close to being like offensive, but I don't think it is. Um I think it's worth a revisit and if if you have not checked it out in your Mandy Moore um offerings, I I highly recommend. I will also say real quick, uh, by the way, during this time, she's offered the movie Havoc. I don't know if you remember Havoc from our... Oh, I sure do. Yeah. from I'm glad that she didn't do it, in all honesty, because we did talk a bit about how that was definitely an Anne Hathaway movie that kind of felt like a, like really trying to be edgy, but kind of a misstep and, and like a misfire for an early career move. And I think it would have been the same for Mandy Moore. And I'm glad that she avoided it. But yeah. I don't yeah, want to spend too much time on it. I just think it's an interesting fact. <laughs> it is. Um, in 2007, she does Because I Said So, License to Wed. She's kind of grown into these rom-com kind of silly, fluffy movies. 2007 is a big year for her, though, because she also does Dedication, which is um, uh, Justin Thoreau's directorial debut. Yes. Um, um, didn't love... <laughs> I mean, uh, I I didn't love it either, and so I don't. I definitely don't want to make it sound like I, but I liked it better than a lot of. I thought she had weirdly more chemistry with Billy Crudup. And listen, I know we all have to hate Billy Crudup. He's a bit of a scumbag in real life. He's a great actor. I thought she had a bit more chemistry with Billy Crudup than she had with a lot of her other male co-stars. Do I hate films in which it basically a man with mental illness is just sort of seen as like, uh, oh, haha, he's quirky. Yeah. When yeah. clearly he's suffering from severe mental illnesses and nobody's willing to help him in that. I think that that's a that's a bit of a rough area. But uh, right. I was like, I, no, sir, you don't need to fall in love with this illustrator. You need therapy, therapy. and medication. Yeah, Hello? absolutely. But uh, but I but I liked I don't know. I liked their performances. I actually thought she was pretty good in it, too, but. Um, but it's not great. Two, you're right. In 2009, she does Swinging with the Finkles, which is allegedly a movie about swingers in which, spoiler alert, no swinging actually happens. Nope. I was so fucking mad at this movie. Also, the second time her love interest is Martin Freeman, which yeah, I, and like I don't at get. least at least in dedication, and he's she's not a love interest at least, but they're fifteen, they're thirteen to fifteen years somewhere in there. Fact check me if you want apart in age martin freeman is older than her in dedication she's his ex and they make it very clear that he was a professor of hers and so then it feels a little more illicit a little more like oh maybe they shouldn't been involved 
But there is no explanation in Swinging in the Finkels why they're together. They have zero to no chemistry. And that movie is mostly like it's the it's the type of movie that acts like masturbation is something. Right. No one does. Right. It's like they do the classic thing of like, oh, we're, I guess we're going to look for swingers. And like everyone that they interview is like dressed as a dog or wearing a diaper yeah, or stupid shit exactly. like that. I'm like, exactly. oh, hilarious. Or, Cutting or edge. On the re- or on the reverse angle, they're like 97 years old. Right, correct. Why don't we place an ad on a website or something? So you still want to go through with this? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's exactly what we need. And if it doesn't work? Then we've only wasted the last nine years of our lives. In 2007, I do want to touch on the fact that she also does Southland Tales which is the second film by Richard Kelly, who did Donnie Darko. And the I'm only bringing it up now, and maybe we'll talk about it later, maybe we won't, but I'm only bringing it up now because it is the last time she decides to play a, a quote-unquote villainous character in a movie because she's scared that she's starting to become typecast in that role. Mm. And she likes playing the hero. And I gotta say, I can't blame her for like playing the hero, but she is very good at playing the bitch yes. she really yes. is she really uh, is but I, i'm very glad we're now at 2010 and we get to tangled which yeah. i love tangled is better than frozen don't come for me I, w- I was literally just gonna say the only negative thing i can say about tangled is that it eventually gets steamrolled by frozen yeah which is garbage because tangled is so so good she's so good um even her vocal chemistry with zachary levi is so good yeah um no i, I genuinely really like her performance in tangled too so who else knows my location, Flynn Rider? All right, Blondie. Rapunzel. Gesundheit. Here's the deal. I was in a situation gallivanting through the forest. I came across your tower and... Oh, oh no. Where is my satchel? I've hidden it. Somewhere you'll never find it. It's in that pot, isn't it? During this time, she is, you know, really trying out um, Hollywood and TV stuff. She has a lot of pilots that don't get picked up. Um, you know, she doesn't do a lot in in the 2010s, really. I'm assuming this is around the time when she's married to, um, what's his face, right? Ryan, Ryan Adams. Adams. Yeah. Um, and he is the fucking worst. Not a good person. Yeah. Um, it's funny because you can find interviews about them through when they were married and she's talking about how he's, he's doing all these sort of musical awakening things for her and really helping her. And she's like, I'm into metal now, but I can't tell the difference. And then you find out later, you know, they're married for six years and you find out later, no, he was, her she claims he was emotionally abusive he right. was terrible for her music career he really held her back at like an important time in her life would constantly tell her she wasn't a musician because she doesn't play an instrument right he i mean there's um i watched her sunday morning um interview you can see how emotional she is because she's she doesn't want to give this guy any shine or like, you know, talk about him too much, but she's like, he made me feel worthless. He made me feel less than who I am. And it took me a long while to realize that I've been in this industry for 20 years now. I've been the one who had to like power through all this stuff. And I had to realize how strong I am and I don't need him. And he's in fact, holding me back, making me feel small. Um, And 
you, you look at her um her filmography and you can like really see you know and she he would like tell her oh yeah babe we're gonna record all this music blah 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 and then he would give the songs to other singers you know he would just like he would say don't work with anyone else you can only work with me and then never put out any songs it's fucking crazy this man is toxic it's still an incredibly painful part of my life but um but i've also been emboldened hearing from so many women that spoke out about about um you know psychological abuse and emotional abuse and how real it is how prevalent it is and how we're not really having much of a conversation about it and so for other victims of that that form of abuse to feel understood and heard made me feel good he has since gone on to apologize but not to her he apologized in an interview and she has made a comment about that as well. I, I find it curious that someone would make a public apology but not do it privately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am speaking for myself, but I have not heard from him. And I'm not looking for an apology necessarily. But I do find it curious that someone would sort of do an interview about it without actually making amends privately. In 2017, um, she makes 47 meters down. Um, and this is like literally while the marriage is falling apart. Um, 47 meters down is just kind of like a frothy uh, shark movie that I thought was actually pretty good. I just, that was, that was the last movie I saw. Um, and, you know, it was ooky spooky, but not too much. And yeah. It's funny too, because she's sort of balancing out uh, through through the the time in which she's not doing a, a ton of stuff. She's balancing these, you know, 47 meters down was a cheaper movie. In fact, funny enough, 47 meters down was originally set to be a direct to video movie or right, direct to streaming right. movie. And then a week before it came out, Byron Allen's production company bought it and put it out in theaters. But she's also balancing out just a tiny bit with a couple of independent films. She does hotel noir in 2012 in which she's barely in the movie. And she does, uh, I'm not here in 2017, which is a film directed by uh, an act, another actress uh, who's a theater actress and is a very very small production, but has uh, like a, a pretty good cast. I mean, it's J.K. Simmons, uh, Michael Monroe, Max Greenfield, Sebastian Stan. It is not a good movie. I didn't particularly like it, but I thought. I thought it was an interesting thing for her to be balancing out these because the next thing she's going to do in 2018 is the darkest minds, which is this big budget uh, YA adaptation. And so I think it's interesting to see her go back and forth between these sort of smaller indie roles that she's probably not making a ton of money off of, but actually giving being given the opportunity to act and versus doing something like the darkest minds where she's, she kind of shows up. Admittedly, I also didn't like the darkest minds, I liked her in it and she kind of shows up and is like doing her thing. And, and, but it's also like, Oh, you know, she probably got a pretty nice paycheck for that. You know, the darkest minds is like, you know, basically hunger games wannabe, but like I, when I was watching it and X-Men. Yeah, truly watching 47 meters down and the darkest minds. I was like, these are both places that we haven't seen Mandy before. Yeah. Um, And I thought it was great and refreshing to see them both because they have nothing to do with the man. There's nothing to do with like, you know, um, the rom- rom-com stuff that you kind of like are familiar with. Um, yeah. So it's nice before that, like a year before she gets cast in an NBC show called this is us, which probably is, uh, you know, for a section of her fans, the thing that most people know her for. You never think the next job is right around the corner. Right. You're terrified of like, what's next? Is there a next? And I think, 
you know, before This Is Us sort of came around, I was at this juncture of my life where personally there was like a lot of turmoil and it sort of happened to coincide with like things really kind of slowing down on the professional side. And I just, I had done like three pilots in a row and then the fourth pilot season, I remember I had gone out for something that I didn't even love, but I was like, you know what? I just, work begets work. Like I want to get out there. I want to do something like, even though this isn't something I believe in, it's a job. And I remember that I didn't even get that. Like I walked in for like the callback and the feedback was like, nah, she's just, she's not the right girl. And I was so devastated that like even the thing that I wasn't passionate about, I didn't even want it and they didn't right. want me. Oh God. So I remember I had just switched um, agencies and at, at sort of my meeting with my new agent, we sort of laid the ground rules and it was like, you know what? We've been pounding the pavement for like traditional pilot season for the last couple of years to like no results. So why don't we just put that to the side? Let's table that idea and try and find like strategic ways of looking for like cool supporting roles on like cable stuff or other like media platforms or whatever. And about two weeks after this meeting, um, I got this script for the untitled Dan Fogelman project. And I saw that it was at NBC and I was like, what? Isn't this like diametrically opposite to what we just sort of right. decided on? She gets a Golden Globe nomination for it. She's, you know, uh, the, the entire show is just lauded and one of the biggest hits on TV right now. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, after um, Darkest Minds and... Uh, uh, and doing This Is Us, the last thing she's done is um, this movie called Midway that came out last year. Right. Um, and in a funny way, that sort of bridges the the spans of indie and big budget because it is essentially one of the one of the most expensive independent films ever made because nobody really wanted it. But Roland <laughs> Emmerich really wanted to make it. And so he put up a bunch of money. Um, and and so it's it's interesting because it is like a big studio film but not financed by a studio. Um, I did not watch Midway. Oh, I did. It's about nine hours long. Oh, good. <laughs> I I hate war movies, I have to say. And I know we've talked about on the, on this show before. I, I, I totally understand honoring the lives that were lost during terrible times. And, but I also I really don't particularly love anything that glorifies senseless killing of each other. And I will say you know, there's another film named Midway from the from the 60s. Uh, I will say this movie is a little more balanced by presenting the Japanese side and, and what they're thinking. But also then anytime it cuts back to an American, every other word out of their mouth is Jap. And mm. so it's it's frustrating to watch that. And also on top of that, the lead guy is Ed Scrain, who is apparently an actor I've seen before. But honestly, <laughs> I... And I'm using the term actor loosely, but honestly, I would prefer never to see him again or watch right. anything that he's in. Awful. <laughs> genuinely awful. And like, I don't know. I, it's There's a Jonas in this movie. Darren Chris really? is in this movie. I oh was my like, God. everyone's was like, here. Yeah. And also there's room for everybody. <laughs> there, there really is. Also, um, Patrick Wilson and Aaron Eckhart shouldn't be allowed to be in the same movie together because no, no, the, that, that breaks very, my brain. This year, especially, we got really into politics. Um, she supported Pete Buttigieg for um, president, and she stumped for him in various states. Um, she grew up Catholic, but has um, since said that she, you know, she is a big supporter for gay rights, um, believes yeah, in all it, sorts of things. It's interesting, too, because she would often say, in her, in her early work, pre 
swinging with the Finkels. Uh, she would often say that doing some of the more sexual stuff or or the cruder jokes in movies were um, they were tough for her because she had a conservative upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad that she's been able to transcend that because, right. which is not to say that like the jokes and swinging in the Finkels need that transcendence effect. No, no one should have made that movie. But <laughs> I, I think it is cool that she's been able to, to look at the way she was raised and be like, you know what? I don't necessarily believe in that or feel this way anymore and i can make my own decisions and i i think that takes a lot of i think that takes a lot of courage i'm in my mid-30s and i still know people who are like nope i was raised this way and and that's it i've never questioned it before and that's it's tough to see that yeah yeah hate to see it um she's you know been vocal online about uh, criminal justice reform and supporting black lives matter um and so she is you know very much a uh, a liberal hollywood elite and you know what (laughs) Love her for it. And it's it's so interesting, too, because I, I was watching an interview with her where she was talking about how she's always been a really open person. Like, even when she even when she had, like, MandyMoore.com when she was first starting, there were message boards, and she would talk to her fans, and nobody believed it was her. Wow. And, and she's always been kind of an, you know, obviously there's a, a portion of her life that she wants to keep separate that, that everybody deserves to be able to have some privacy. But she is a person who wants to talk through things and she she wants to be able to share herself with other people. I, I love sharing bits and pieces of my life with people. I'm I'm more than willing to sort of give people a glimpse into who I am and sharing stuff like behind the scenes on set. It it feels like a natural extension of of who I am and I, I think I'm able to like delineate between what I consider to be like private and like too personal or whatever. And then what I'm willing to like share with people. It's, it's odd because so much has changed in terms of the social media landscape. I've been doing this since I was 15 before social media existed. And I can't imagine like being an up and comer now in this day and age where it is so impossible to exist without it. Like I understand people that want to retain like mystery and privacy, but I also believe like I, I'm comfortable with it to a certain extent and I I love I love like the ability to instantly connect with people. At the beginning of this we talked about how she was shy and she, when she first started off and and other kids thought of her as like the girl that didn't really talk that much. I, I think there's a part of that that still exists in her but I, it's nice to see that she's been able to come out of her shell and that she she really enjoys the experience of sharing herself with other people. Uh, what she's thinking and what she's going through. And I I think that gave me more so an appreciation for her and what she does very much more so than any of her movies did. That being said, do you think it's time to go in our picks or reviews? I, I absolutely do. Um, let's do our one star reviews first. Going into this, I was like, well, it's, it's clearly, uh, because I said so, but I'll be honest, I I experienced mm-hmm. ooh, a, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm going to mention some others at the it end. It goes deeper. I, it goes it deeper. Does, it does go deeper. It's much further than 47 meters down. But ah! I, w- I will say my one star review absolutely has to be 2007's License to Wed. Uh, License mm. to Wed is a rom-com in which she stars with John Krasinski and pretty much any cast member from The Office who has the weekend off, <laughs> uh, where she's a woman who's engaged to him and she wants to get married in her childhood church. 
And at the church is a priest played by Robin Williams. And he has sort of a two-week lover's boot camp to determine if your mate is good enough to be with you set up for them. But what really this film is, is it's a horror film in which Robin Williams plays the same character he played in 24-hour photo or whatever the (laughs) name of that movie is, where he's a monster who wants to insert himself into the lives of married couple and drive them crazy. Now, the movie wants you to be on his side once again and we've talked about this so many times and it happens in so many comedies they present to you an amoral monster and then at the end they're like nope you were the one that was wrong you dumb dumb yeah why did you ever judge this person you're so judgmental and no he is a fucking psychopath in this movie and so you have him you have john krasansky who has the chemistry of wood with Mandy Moore. <laughs> and he's like trying to expose Robin Williams for the monster he is. And then you have Mandy Moore who is making, <laughs> she's making a face throughout the entire movie. It's the kind of face that you make when like the doorbell rings, but you're in the shower or like when you see okay. somebody at a party that you don't want to talk to and they oh. wave at you and start heading your <laughs> direction. She has that face throughout the entire movie. Like, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like, panic. Uh, Just like, what do I do? And it's the weirdest thing because she is supposed to be your, you know, she's your the, your lady in waiting. You know, you're, uh-huh. you're supposed to wait for John Krasinski to, to really sweep her off her feet. Her name is Sadie Jones, by the way. And I believe she's a florist. Uh, Who can ever be sure? The movie... I mean, I will say, I did not get to... The, the two movies I did not watch were License to Wed and Midway. Um, <laughs> and so thank you for your service, Gavin. I really appreciate it. It's it, The last thing I will say about it, I mean, it's it's awful and garbage. And I know I'm not being very specific on it, but I, you can all imagine what type of film it is. But I will say... Bits and skits. Bits <laughs> and skits. Absolutely. Uh, he also has like a child minion, Robin Williams does. But I will say, we did not appreciate... Robin Williams enough when he was alive and he did not deserve this movie. <laughs> this we, movie we, yeah. yeah. And it, and I the only positive thing I can imagine is that Mandy Moore got to work with Robin Williams before he died. But oof, oh, it is so A bad. Stinker. John, John Krasinski's parents got to play his actual parents, I will say. That's fun. That's nice. Ben, he's not intrusive. You know he's just observing our relationship right now. Oh. Like a voyeur. Reverend Frank is not like a voyeur. No, What was that? What are you doing? Do you want to walk the midget? Mm, of course I do, but I don't think we should because according to Reverend Frank, it's against the rules until after the wedding. Are you serious? Yes. You're actually following that rule? Yeah, because I want to pass the course, don't you? Yes, I want to pass the course. So... So I also want to play Pickle Me, Tickle Me with my really hot fiancé. <laughs> no one else is going to know but us. Oh, Ben. My one-star review, um, without question, is 2003's All I Ever Want slash Try 17. It's a good choice. Um, the movie is very bad... 
outside of Mandy, but also Mandy's also not good in this. <laughs> this is right after she did um, Princess Diaries. And I don't know. She, I, she had more lines in this movie. I don't know that she really knew what she was doing. She plays an, a wannabe actress in this movie. Her voice, though, sounds like she's doing some sort of baby cooing the entire time. I'm like, what is she doing? I don't understand. Um, So Mandy is bad in this film. This film is also very bad. And I don't understand how, like, Elijah Wood, he's 17. And he's pretending to be older and moves into an apartment complex, I guess, house. That's in a large house. Yeah, and he somehow has, like, he's so interesting that all these grown-ass adults just need to get into his life and his business. And Mandy Moore and this other um, neighbor played by Franca Potente? Yeah, who's great, who is from, um, uh, she's, uh, most people know her from Run, Lola, Run, but we actually recently mentioned her because she's directing her first film, uh, which is coming out soon, starring Kathy Bates. No shit. Yeah. Well, so both of these women are like I grown adult women, not 17-year-old women, and they're both just like mystified by him and want to hang yeah. out and fuck all the time or whatever. He like is writing letters to his dad who like ran away. He calls his mom Blanche, who's an alcoholic and it's just such a try-hard wannabe like intellectual movie um and it treats literally debbie harry's in this movie and they make her like be just some freak weirdo like right caricature of a human being who like is slutty and sexy and owns a furniture store there's also a cadre of minority women that star in his very visual fantasies yes oh my god yes he's like oh i'm actually getting a massage and a belly dancer and like it, yeah. He has all these weird fantasies. Like a geisha woman and like yeah, yeah. It's... I, I will I will say um, my the one positive I will give Mandy Moore's performance specifically is I actually really enjoyed her last scene in the movie. I think she played that last scene pitch perfect. But the movie is so judgmental about every character that is not Elijah Wood, which is crazy yeah. because he is the character that should be experiencing the most introspection in the film, and he's such a base monster throughout the entire movie that it's not interested in analyzing his own flaws. Jones! Guess what? You're moving out. Guess why I'm moving out. You got a part. Yes! (laughs) It's a musical review on a cruise ship, so my stuff is going into storage, and I'm going to see. What happened to your eye? It's nothing. Congratulations, Lisa. I left you something. gonna be worth something someday you want me to autograph it for you i'll just hold on to it right and in the end he like actually does get to fuck the other neighbor yeah and then she goes on (laughs) she goes on to her like ex-boyfriend but then uh uh-oh nope i guess the dick was too bomb because now i'm back with elijah wood (laughs) and that's the end and it's like what the fuck you are like at least a 25 year old woman who's gonna run away with a 17 year old Right. Garbage. It's Yeah, there's like I, a whole montage of him getting revenge at the end too that I was like so grossed out by 
Because I was like this. I was like this. I was like this movie is the Joker. Is that what right. this is? Imagine being seventeen and like learning everything about your life. Imagine being seven. Like I was like, sir, you don't know fucking shit. Like yeah. this is not. This is a, the, the whole movie is pure fantasy and it's hot garbage. Um, but anyway, other things that you want to mention in our one star realm? Well, besides License to Wed, which honestly sapped my will to live, <laughs> I I did not like. A walk to remember. I, I did mention that up front. I'm sorry. Sorry. They're going to come stands. for you. They're they gonna really come are going to come for you, um, 2011's Love Wedding Marriage, which is the first film directed Bad. by Dermot Mulroney. I know. Uh, I could not believe. I could not believe. Uh, my my least favorite of the Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney's apparently. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but it co-stars. Who Who is the guy in that? Oh, Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz. Who, Lutz, who is apparently a real person and not just a 30 Rock joke. No. Nope. Uh, learned that. Um, swinging with the Finkels, which she shoots a cucumber out of her vagina at yes. one point. Uh, All I Want, which you mentioned, Christmas and Conway, which I thought was emotionally manipulative and midway. Yeah, those are those are the worst of the worst. But honestly, like love wedding marriage, it was and and because I said so, which is just a pure disaster of a film and and is terrible. And she has an entire monologue for Thomas Everett Scott, why they shouldn't be together when the movie has not given him a character and everybody knows they shouldn't be together. Right. But right. The, but yeah, if, if I had to pick another one star view, it'd be love winning marriage, which uh, I, I was surprised I made it all the way through. And there's a I whole, there's a whole thing in there with her father, like trying to rediscover his Jewish roots. And I was right, like, this is weird. A f-. Like, I was like, I feel like this was written by somebody who's never met a Jew before in their life. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know nothing, sir. But <laughs> I think I would pick Swinging with the Finkels over Love Wedding Marriage. But really? they're both um, both equally. What's wild is that, like, in the Mandy Moore realm, because I said so, doesn't even, like, scrape the bottom for me. <laughs> yeah. No, and I get I get that. It's so funny because Swinging with the Finkels has that, like, embarrassing, like, Love Actually-esque ending like horrible yeah. horrible the oh, friend my. who like all of a sudden is hot because they strained her hair i was like stupid hates so much yeah um olivia diabo deserves better thank you i know yeah. and also there's just such bad politics to be like i couldn't go through the swinging Should they have they make her out of their line i guess there's something to this monogamy stuff huh mm-hmm. get the fuck over yourself awful it, yeah it's it's so funny too because it's one of those movies where they really want once again they really want you to like side with the man so she's the one who like brings up the swinging and everything because it's it's a movie that thinks sex is bad and wrong. Let's get out of here though, Gavin. Let's go into our five star reviews. Yeah, it absolutely has to be 2004 saved. This movie slapped when I first saw it. Still slaps. Um, it gets me every single time. This is the movie where she brought in that crazy um, blonde wig with like yes. it's kind of like a mullety thing going on. Um, it's so she, good. It's so good. There are so many moments in this movie because so in this movie she is playing the sociopath, um, lying uh, Christian in air quotes, yeah. but maybe not. I don't fucking know. Who <laughs> is trying to like save? Uh, Mary, who, you know, is pregnant because she thought having sex with her gay boyfriend would, like, you know, help him because Jesus told her. And Sorry about your faggotry. 
I heard about Dean's faggotry. (laughs) God, that line sends me every time. God, and wait, who is the iconic um, Heather Matarazzo who we saw with Mandy earlier in Princess Diaries? She's she's Mia Thermopolis's best friend. Yes, and she's Tia here. Um, And she's so good as part of the Christian as part of the Christian jewels. Yes. Um, if you haven't I want seen one saved, of those pins. I really yeah, do. Yeah. If you haven't seen Saved, it's, as I said, Mary has um, had sex with her gay boyfriend to try and, like, convert him. And she goes to a very Christian high school where Mandy Moore is kind of like the queen bee. Um, and, uh, you know, she, Mary realizes, you know, she's pregnant. And they sent her boyfriend away to um, this degaification house or whatever. And she's kind of having a crisis of faith. And this entire movie really is just about faith, like faith in your parents, faith in your friends, faith in everything. And kind of like what happens when that faith is shaken. Um, And Mandy, like there is so many fucking iconic moments, you know, she is full of Christ's love. Okay. Um, When she tries to give her, uh, they're trying to like exercise her. Um, But I think the very end is the best Mandy, you know, she is realizing it is all for naught. Her all this work that she's put into um, her friends, this life that she's created for herself, is crumbling around her, and she crashes her van into a big Jesus, and she's like, "No, I'm not okay." Yeah, she gives an amazing monologue. Yeah, it's it it's so layered because it's not just her being bitchy it's not just her being like you know there is interior here this is a woman who yeah. a thought knew who she was had very um strong convictions and turns out like this girl who is going through a crisis of faith it's kind of spreading to everyone like i mean mary louise parker and um um pastor skip they're also having like you know this kind of crisis of faith and like they both are kind of divorcees, kind of, and, like, like each other, but don't want to, like, be bad examples um, to their kids. Um, and it's everyone in this movie, including Macaulay Culkin, um, who plays Cassandra, because she's fucking iconic. Um, she really is. Eva Maria Olivia Amuri is her full name. But um, she is so good. Uh, my Pusau is a hot Pusau. Um I could go on and on forever with this movie. I love it so much. So it should come as no surprise then that my five star review is also saved. And yes. I think you're I think you're pitch perfect on everything. And I will say the the thing that Manny Moore gives to this villainous character is that she adds a layer, a depth layer that I think other people maybe would have missed out on because and I think it's because she does look so nice and so sweet that there is this tinge to everything that she does that she honestly believes she's doing the right thing and i think you're right that she she has this crisis of faith uh but she's so strict about who she is and who her reality is and who everybody should be around her that that's Mm -hmm. that's really when that crumbles that's what causes her big freak out because even she's even willing to do an awful thing and lie about it when she tags the school to to make her reality the reality that is 
mm-hmm. best for everybody. And it, it's such an interesting character to watch because you don't really always get that layered of a of a villain performance that in the end, yeah, she's funny and yeah, it's it's heightened, but you do feel a little bad for her because there's a lot of retraining that's going to have to go on for her to realize that she exists in a world of other people. Right. Hillary Fay is her name. And Hillary Fay, yeah. It's kind of what you're saying, though. Like, everyone in the movie has a moment when they realize, oh, I could be wrong, or maybe I'm living for a future and sacrificing the now, you know? There's a moment when Mary, she, like, looks up at the Jesus and she's like, shit, fuck, goddamn. And she's realizing nothing is happening. There's a reality that she needs to deal with right now. She is pregnant right now. And how is she supposed to live in this moment? And that moment has happened for the love interest who rides around on a Vespa. Um, you know, <laughs> well, you his know what parents... I love about him? Looks like a real person. Yeah, like, totally. Absolutely. And, and good. He's giving a great performance. I don't want to say that. But also, like, rarely in these films does the love interest of... of a Jenna Malone <laughs> look mm-hmm. like a normal boy. Right. And has flaws. Cause he like fully is not smooth. He like falls on his fucking skateboard. He's like not a cool person. Um, but you know, he has had his crisis of faith, you know, when he was doing quote mission work, but really like he was with his mom who is telling him like me and your husband are going to divorce, you know? Right. Um, everyone is having these moments. And for Hillary Faye, it doesn't happen until way later in the movie, um, which is kind of the climax, you know, like even, even this person is a human who is having to grapple with that. Sometimes faith is not enough and you have to have faith in each other as opposed just to like some fairy in the sky. Right. And, and I'm glad you brought up the faith in each other because the, the funny thing is, is this movie was really a, a lot of religious people really came after it when it came out because they thought it was being too cynical and, and too dismissive of religion. And the funny thing is, is Jenna Malone's character sort of realizes that the, the, the tenet of religion that she's following, the tenet of Christianity that she's following isn't the end all be all, but in, in a way she still discovers the, the, you know the thing like it's actually not the moral of the movie isn't that like you shouldn't have faith in anything as you mentioned it's, it's faith in each other and and so you walk away with like a different a different perspective and i think that's so interesting that we as humans have a natural reaction to sort of jump to conclusions without analyzing or recontextualizing the things that are presented to us and i i do think the movie does a really good job of that the other thing i do want to say before we mention the other movies we like is the thing that i really love about the movie is i in my brain it's like this very indie but i'm a cheerleader type movie it's mm-hmm. not really it's sort of in the in the middle right it's mm-hmm. not a full on big budget mainstream comedy but at, at the same time it's like it really wants to be the but i'm a cheerleader but it's it's like not cynical enough and i and right. i think that's such an interesting middle ground to be and i think that's maybe why it is it is a hit and it's become more of a cult movie but it's never achieved the sort of like underground status that i think something but like it but, but i'm a cheerleader has gained it's a little over the too years. hopeful it's yeah. a little too hopeful <laughs> it, it genuinely is but i but i i do i think in my brain sort of hold it in that category of like that and camp and and that right. sort of totally um, so we love. You okay? No. Roland. I crashed my van into Jesus, okay? I have a pimple the size of Jupiter. I am not okay. This is not how I wanted to remember my prom. This is not how I wanted to remember my life. 
Well, maybe we could fix it. With some glue or something. I'm so sorry, Roland. I shouldn't have ratted you out in front of everyone. I would have probably done the same thing. What are some other things that you like, Gavin? I'll put in a good word for Chasing Liberty. I, I thought Chasing Liberty was fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I had a good time. Especially as, like, a fun teen romp around Europe. I think you said it best. Yeah, it's... it's I, I would um, say it's definitely more um, in the top tier of Mandy's work, um, which is surprising because I, I think it kind of like I'd forgotten a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I also know that you didn't like 47 meters down as much as I did. No, I didn't. It's not. I mean, it's fine. It's you know, it's funny. Mandy Moore talks about uh, the shooting of it uh, because they use these massive water tanks and how they had to emulate the biosphere of being underwater so they just filled the the pool with little chopped broccoli and by like the 28th <laughs> day of shooting in a water tank disgusting yeah she said it was like being in soup a little manny more soup mm. but yeah i especially Permeable. didn't I, and without like getting too spoiler heavy i didn't i didn't like the nonsense they pulled at the end i was like you didn't oh. like it i was like oh nonsense <laughs> i liked the nonsense i was like oh, gas because it made it a little more um it made it a little less ridiculous. Yeah. I also just did like, I, I thought, I was like, man, she's underwater. She I, It was like a six-week shoot or whatever. Her marriage is falling apart. And she fully is just like screaming her face off underwater. Yeah. And like, I, it, it seemed like a very brutal shoot. And I, um, I liked it. I liked it. It's fun. <laughs> um, but, and, and also like, I have to, um, again, bring up American Dreams. I think it's worth a rewatch. Now that we're out of the the Bush era, um I think it's worth kind of going back and revisiting. Um I think a lot of like filmmakers at the time were trying to do satire of like the yeah. American like the America at the time and like they all kind of flopped. Like no one wanted no one wanted it. Like it was too soon. Yeah. Um too real. I mean, that's uh, definitely 100% the problem and I didn't bring it up really earlier because I don't I don't feel like her character's strong enough for me to warrant this as like a one star Manny Moore review, but rewatching Southland Tales was really, really tough because it is uh, a political spoof that really has nothing to say and it's not interesting and it thinks it's much smarter than it is and it unfortunately isn't. And it's very much in the same vein of it's it's was too close to the war on terror at the time. And now that you can take a step back, you sort of can see the flaw, like the Unlike what you're saying about American Dreams, the flaws mm-hmm. are a lot more exposed and and feel it feels so much more hollow. I got really upset because I feel like every two or three years, some critical website or some magazines like let's revisit this and recontextualize this, and I just think it's so vapid that it doesn't. There's no reason to revisit it. It's mm. it's like two and a half hours. Don't put yourself through that. Jesus. She's in some like long movies, huh? Yeah. I would put um American Dreams up there um in, in the positive realm of Mandy Morsicles. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm waiting for the Mandy Morsical. Where is it? Though PS, Derek told me that there was a saved musical. There was. It's yeah. funny. I in college I got to see Ben Folds perform at a nearby other college and uh, that I can never remember the name of. And he said he was writing the music for a saved musical. And then, and then they ditched all of the music he wrote and they, no. they, they went with somebody else. That's so, the biz, honey. Exactly. You can't make it on Broadway. 
Um, I I will be investigating for bootlegs. If anyone has that, please send it my way. Yeah, that's um, not on Disney I've, Plus, sadly. Th- th- somehow they did not make it to Disney Plus. Um, but all right, cool. Gavin, should we do our uh, mixed reviews review? Absolutely. So my one-star review was 2007's License to Wed. And mine was, it was 2003's All I Want slash Try 17. <laughs> and my five-star review was 2004's Saved! Exclamation point. That's also mine. We are oh saved. My, oh my god. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. All right. Let's get into our fast forward. You know, what do we have next for Mandy Moore? I know I mean she's still you can currently see her on NBC Tuesday yeah. nights at 8 p.m. She's this is us. Yeah, it's on season what 47, 50, 58. This is us is currently on season five. She had an album come out this year. It was kind of her uh breaking free from um the Ryan Adams dark ages of him fucking over her music career. She was gonna go on tour for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, um, and and the album came out in March, and so like it was right before the pandemic fully hit. Um, and but she, you know, she, well, one, the album got really good reviews. Two, um, I think that on top of kind of breaking free from this toxic marriage, she's now remarried. Um, she is in this like really lauded, critical, and popular hit, um, and she said, you know. She's taking it day by day. She's she says she wants to produce, direct, um, and I think you know she has been. I mean, she's been working since fifteen. Yeah, um, it, and I think she can do whatever she wants. Oh, also, she's currently pregnant too. And Mandy, yes. you know they. There's been some talk as to how this is us is going to work that in. Um, she said she's very happy to carry large bags in front of herself (laughs) during throughout the pregnancy so but congrats to her that's you know that's amazing and but yeah it is it is tough because it did really seem like like you said she she got married again it's another musician and he's really supportive of her music career they performed at their own wedding and what a fucking flex yeah oh Um, yeah yeah the band is here because i'm here (laughs) (laughs) but but I, I I love the fact that she's she's getting back to doing something that she wanted to do that she was being held back from for a while and it is so unfortunate obviously it's unfortunate for many people I, not mm-hmm. just Mandy Moore and I don't I hopefully I'm stressing that enough that Mandy but, and all of us and Mandy and all of us uh, but it, you know th- this was going to be her big comeback and I hope she's able to get some mileage out of it and not you know that it's not all for not yeah and also I mean it's she is you know like a disney princess yeah she um she's certainly gonna is, get those checks for the rest of her life <laughs> yeah so i think she's not i mean i mean i don't know that we if we talked enough about like how she was ready to give up acting she was ready yeah. to pack it in we'd mentioned how she had um you know a really hard time um trying to make the tv thing work um having all these pilots that didn't get picked up but i mean she came really close to just saying you know maybe this is not what i'm supposed to be doing maybe this isn't for me it just doesn't seem to be happening. And and um, and so she's it feels like, you know, after that and coming back stronger than ever with This Is Us and, uh, you know, continuing what she really loves doing 
including this music, voiceover work. She's always down to do um, Rapunzel's voice yeah. for anything, you know, any little special, any like cartoon version of it. Like she I saw, is I saw an internet video where they were like, she's going to recite her famous lines from movies. And when she got to Tangled, she was like, oh, Rapunzel, I love her. Yeah. She's yeah, like, don't yeah. worry, it gets better. <laughs> um. Also, I love that literally I saw that video also. And one of them was from um How to Deal. And she was yep. like, did anyone watch this movie? Yeah, she, she went out and one starred reviewed it herself. So yeah, yeah good she, for her. Good for her. She And that's the thing. She's knowing. I yeah. love that she is. And she's even said, you know, uh, in interviews and like working with, with men, um, how like sometimes the chemistry is there and you feel great about it. And that's how I feel about uh, working with Milo on This Is Us. But she's like, but other times it fucking sucks. Yeah. And and I, all I could think of was like, I bet you she's talking about Kel Lutz. I bet you she's <laughs> talking about how he's a fucking dumb, dumb, yeah, yeah. awful person to work with. Um, or at least that's how I, I, I um, took it in my mind. Uh, before um, we close out the episode, I did want to ask, because I feel like I have a, a strong feeling about what I would like her to do. Not that she needs to take any advice from me because clearly the this is us thing is working out for her. But do you have any like dreams for Mandy going forward? My American dreams for Mandy Moore include, (laughs) um, I, 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 we talked a little bit about the darkest minds and how, you know, it was a very kind of hunger games ripoff and like very whatever movie. But I will say when I saw her, I was like, what a breath of fresh. Yeah. She's not dealing with a man in it. She's like a scientist who's like on the run and help. I was like, Mandy Moore sci-fi? I'm kind <laughs> of into. Because I think she succeeds the most when there is like room to play. You know, I think for a long time Hollywood was like typecasting her in like these rom-com um, antique things. And, you know, and that's how we got like License to Wed, Love, yeah. Marriage and whatever the fuck. And it's like it, it, she's she's too smart and too fun for that, you know? It's it's not I don't think she she's built for that role in that genre. I think she is more fun. And she's even said she's like, you know, I know what my um, people think about me and what people see me as. And she's been fighting that her entire career, you know, and that's one of the reasons why she did a lot to remember. She said, I'm going to go no makeup, brunette hair. And, you know, of course, that was also a very sweet role. But like she's been constantly trying to push herself and move herself out of those kind of restrictions and that's why i kind of also liked 47 meters down i was like this could have been anybody this could have been anybody yeah. but mandy moore said i'm up for the challenge i'm gonna go swim in that broccoli soup for six weeks <laughs> you know and like mandy moore doesn't have to do that she's no. got her tangle checks but like i i i think it kind of shows her willingness to be like i don't take myself that seriously hollywood is all kind of a joke anyway but i want to have fun and do things that are um unexpected i like that it's so funny because you gave such a much more in-depth answer than i was gonna give i just really (laughs) want to see it's funny that you mentioned the the darkest minds because when she showed up in the darkest minds i was like "Ooh, like real villain mandy Moore. like we've seen her play Mm -hmm. relatable villains and that's Mm -hmm. the one thing like she can keep doing whatever if you know if she wants to get a talk show someday whatever but i want to see her play like just a real fucking piece of work i want to see her like evil queen snow white it sometime just i know she doesn't really want to play villains but she's just so she is so beautiful and so sweet and so soft looking and i and i know she can do it because we've seen her play every other type of villain but i i really want that for her i want her to delight in her evilness 
Yeah, yeah. She needs to own that a little bit more. I mean, that's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I I wonder if like Disney is like, okay, can you not do that anymore? (laughs) We can't have um, (laughs) Rapunzel going around murdering people or whatever. But but I, I mean... Even seeing, like, I had never seen a bloodied Mandy Moore in my life yeah. until 47 Meters Down. And so I was like, holy shit, like, Mandy Moore in an action thriller. Yeah. Um, I just think it would be really cool. And I also wonder, I mean, she she went to that, like, um, Stage Door Manor camp. Like, I wonder yeah. what would ever happen if um, a producer was like, let's make a show for you on Broadway. Like, let's build something around That's, i mean it, I, I would say it's shocking that she's never been in like an actual traditional musical outside of tangled you know right and and i wonder you know she said that she's not like a dancer and so that might limit her but there are tons of shows on broadway that aren't dance heavy i'm looking yeah. at you tony shaloub <laughs> i'm not salty that you won that tony that year i am i mean and maybe she's la based um, and, you know, now with Baby on the way, like, I'm sure it's going to be harder for her. But yeah. I definitely could see that for her in the future. Um, uh, and, and, and even, you know, fucking do a show at La Jolla, like wherever, like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're surprised there's musical theater everywhere. That's true. Um, and so I, I, I it's funny. I, I think about, you know, people will be like, oh, Mandy Moore, she was like, you know, the fourth place pop star gal. But. 25 years after that like look look at her look at her she kept going she kept pushing herself and she says you know i just kept doing it i you know forced myself to to go and talk to people and and i i don't know there's something about her i i I love her like can do um go after it spiritedness and and Um, she's and she's doing something so much more than like being a judge on the voice you know there, there is a there was an easy path for her that yeah. didn't require the work. Right. And, and I, she's I, clearly somebody willing to do that. She's also super fucking classy. You know, she hasn't come out and just been like, yeah, my ex was a fucking dick. She's talking about her experiences, how she's felt and how she's moved on and grown as a person. And I think it's just like really cool. Like you can speak up and, you know, tell your truth and still be a very um, classy, respectable lady. And fucking shine on with your career and i i yeah i and it's funny she's literally like our age she's still so young um so she has so much more ahead of her i hope that this kind of like opens more doors for her to maybe do more dramatic things what what would what would what would it look like for mandy Moore to be in a period piece who knows yeah i'm i i genuinely think especially with how big of a hit it is even right. even if she didn't want to do another film, she would always now she has the prestige to be able yeah. to transfer into. For all we right. know, she could be like the next Ellen Pompeo. She could be on TV yeah. being a total boss right. for, you know, 20 years. Right. Uh, and even like even like I keep bringing up this movie, 47 meters down, that movie was made in five million dollars. It made 65 million dollars at the box office. Yeah. So she is also a draw and she's making money at the theaters. Um, so it, it's funny, I guess just right now I'm realizing there literally is so much still for her to yeah. kind of explore and do. And she is kind of just been that Casey Musgraves slow burn um <laughs> yeah, she's doing certainly, it her own way. She's certainly not done. Uh but we're done for this but episode. We're done. We've no, reached... Gavin, you and me are done, okay? Oh yeah. We're 
episode 80 it's time to call it quits uh, <laughs> oh my god episode 80 <laughs> amazing uh thank you all so much for coming back and listening to us week after week we love having you and there's plenty of ways you can contact us online if you want to reach out to us on twitter we are at the mixed reviews we're on facebook just type in the mixed reviews you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, we have our little contesty. We have a little contest, boys and girls, and gender nonconforming friends as well. Um, we're also on Instagram, uh, the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And you can subscribe to us on any major podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please, I beg of you, go and... (laughs) I'm so needy. Go and leave us a five-star rating and write us a little review. That's how the algorithm knows to let other people listen to us. Don't don't have a dark mind about it. Um, Because I said so, (laughs) make us your American dreams. God, I was trying to bring it back from the earlier bit. Swing with us, Finkles. Oh. <laughs> wow that one was the worst yeah um I, I always am um so and just to make it very clear our poll last episode was like a ghost and you couldn't find it because she disappeared yeah but honey she is back 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 again for this episode and we will be um, posting our poll for you guys to go vote on your favorite mandy moore movie southland tales okay um, <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, congratulations to all you voters out there. Uh, we appreciate you. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. And stream Andy Moore's latest album. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>